episode 421 of the Global From Asia podcast, and I'm at the Christmas party for our kids, and today's show we're talking about India, Southeast Asia, Vietnam, China, logistics for e-commerce sellers. Let's tune in. Welcome to the Global From Asia podcast, where the daunting process of running an international business is broken down into straight-up, actionable advice. And now, your host, Michael Michelini. Episode 421 of Global From Asia. I figured I'd take the camera out with me for our kids' Christmas party and do an intro for this week's show. This week's show, we have a, you know, I think I say it in our write-up, but and we talk about it in the show, but Emmett says a lot of sellers, myself included, don't know enough about logistics, maybe better at branding or marketing or, you know, the e-commerce side, but the logistics, the supply chain is a very important part. And we talk a little bit about, even about China itself, but the costs of China, India, Vietnam, ocean, air, not just the numbers, and, and uh, but the thought process, you know, it's an interesting conversation. I think you're going to enjoy episode 421. Let's tune in. And then after, I'll talk about this, you know, some of my experiences with my kids' school in Thailand. Let's tune into the show. But if you want to hear that after the interview. All right, we have Tommy, the sales manager at Cross Better Logistics. How are you, Tommy? Hi, how are you? We just got to meet here in Shenzhen, China. It's great. Uh, they support the show at Global From Asia and we also use them ourselves for many of our brands and e-commerce businesses and Tommy really cares. They always are uh, trying to help us save money, you know, not you have some products you keep for us in China, you have some products you keep for us in the U.S. warehouse and uh, I really appreciate that and you'll, you can talk to this seller, right? You can give them your advice, you work with many Chinese sellers a lot right and uh, you can help um, help the sellers understand more yeah we are very professional for the shipment to USA and Canada also we have warehouse in USA and Canada we can have our uh, factories supplies sellers for the shipment yes. yeah, yeah for yes. the e-commerce business yep and you even keep stuff uh, in China too so sometimes if you have the limitations of uh, sending too much to Amazon, you can keep it here in China with, with uh, Cross Better, or you can send of course to the US warehouse. They have many different options and they're always trying their best to find, uh, find out what's the best solution for you. So yeah. definitely talk to Tommy, talk to Cross Better, and thank you for your uh, support of the community. Yes, we have good pricing and better service. Yes. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you all for choosing to listen or watch a Global From Asia podcast. We have a guest with us today, Amit Rosenthal. He is founder at Probox, which is a logistics service company. And we've chatted through some of his colleagues and others in the industry over the last few months. And it's a pleasure to have you on the show with us. Amit, how are you doing? Thank you. I'm doing great. Uh, considering everything going on now in uh, my home country yeah but, uh, yeah that's crazy but uh, that's to a totally different webinar and we can different talk about topic. it like hours and hours and i think the best way is to leave like politics aside uh, beside that i'm doing well business is going well we are really during the high season of the Q4 now. Exactly. A lot, a lot of air shipment. Normally, this is like typical to this type of the year that, you know, everybody wants to try maybe sell some of their 
I don't know, inventory to keep like good sales during the Q4. So now uh, a lot of air shipment, a lot of super express shipment. But yeah, beside that, everything is cool. Great. Yeah. So I know you do a lot of shipping, you know, uh, every day, like you're just saying. Today, the theme is, you know, we like I mentioned, we just finished our cross-border summit, our annual conference. And the theme, you know, we're obviously I'm in Thailand and the, the theme is people are looking for options outside of mainland China. So I thought we would just kind of get your insights and expertise about making that decision, choosing the service providers, you know, the services, the prices, the com- the thoughts to to decide. And I mean, is this a trend you're also seeing? I mean, with, with your clients, I mean, are, are how does it look China versus like, I don't know, I know you do India and Vietnam as well. Like what is, what's the kind of the trends that you see? Right. So in terms of trends, I still believe that like, I think starting, even it started from COVID time that people are looking to diverse their manufacturing to different countries outside of China. But I would say that still, considering everything still the majority of the majority still manufacturing sourcing in China. And I think there is a reason for that. The main reason, in my opinion, that eventually, and this is really related also to logistics, cost and everything that we discussed. But in general, the Chinese manufacturers still have the, like, the most experience, the most knowledge, and their capability to produce are highest than different areas, right? India, Vietnam, basically started the last few years to push into production as well. So still China in that regard are still the biggest, the fastest, and I think the most efficient, right? But a lot of sellers, especially when you're talking about sellers from the US or from Europe, they are not only looking about the end product or the end cost, but they're also looking about political situation, mm-hmm. environment, and looking to divest in that sense from China, I think is the key to those sellers, right? Because China have China and the US for sure have a lot of political issues. There is a lot of like issues with China in terms of like manpower, right, human rights, and so on. So for that reason, people are looking to divest product and put aside also that like, for example, in India, uh, the Indian manufacturers specialized in different categories, right, than the Chinese. They produce different products also in Vietnam. So not all of the sellers around the world want to produce easy, so to speak, white label products. They want to divest into different categories as well. So for that reason, they're looking to divest into different countries. And of course, the main ones, or at least the one that we see that a lot of sellers are now looking to manufacture and also produce already, mainly are India and, and, and Vietnam as well. Yep, yep. I would agree with that. You know, I, I, as you know, I'm in Thailand and there are interests for Thailand, but Thailand is not trying to really, I don't know, the government or the policies, you know, or the, the culture is not as looking to compete. <laughs> Whereas I think India and Vietnam's government or policies are more aggressive generally and in the environment. So yeah, I would agree. Vietnam and India are more, more the 
top destinations outside of mainland China. So I'm excited to talk about that today. So the thought is, you know, India and and Vietnam. I mean, I, my gut feeling. I don't do too much from those markets. But is it mostly ocean or is it air? I mean, I know it always depends on the weight and the size of the shipment. But probably my gut feeling is more ocean than than sea. Or I mean, I I don't know if that's a correct kind of question. Yeah. But primarily. So first of all, yeah. So first of all, yeah, you you are correct. Eventually, 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 if you are choosing. Sea freight or air freight, eventually it's depend on the volume and mainly depend on the transit time that you need the product at destination, right? So one of the key factors that we need to consider is that like going from China to USA, so the closest port would be Los Angeles, right? Long Beach port. And normally the transit time port to port is about, let's say, 14 to 15, 16 days approximately port to port, right? Going yeah. to New York, you have to go via Panama Canal, and then the transit time is about 35 days, again, port-to-port only. When you're talking about India, so for Vietnam, normally the route of the shipping line will go Vietnam to China, China, same route as we described now. But from India, there is a big difference which port your manufacturer are located nearby. So. If it's in the west coast of India, normally the biggest port is in Mumbai, Navasheva. Then the closest port to the US will be, instead of Los Angeles, will be New York. And in this case, the transit time will be around 25 to 28 days. So going from Navasheva to Los Angeles, it's a route of about like 45 days, just port to port only, right? So sometimes sellers doesn't even recognize there is a difference in transit time, right? If yeah. you're going from India or going to China. And in many cases, right, if you are, let's say, an Amazon sellers, normally your goal is to try to find, like, not to find, to get a warehouse from Amazon in the West Coast. Because, again, the transit time is shorter. And as a result, the cost is, is lower, right? The freight cost is lower compared to the East Coast. But from India is exactly the other way around. So most sellers will get FBA centers in the East Coast, and eventually the cost and transit time to the East Coast will be faster and cheaper. So that's the main difference, right? In terms of like shipping method, in terms of if you're choosing air or sea. So again, I don't think like if you know your logistics, right? And you understand the transit time and you know which port your factories is close to. So then you can talk to your freight forwarder and say, hey, now I got a FBA center in the East Coast. What's going to be the approximate transit time? And based on that factor, they're choosing air or sea. But again, the majority, by the way, the majority of all the shipments around the world, if it's related to e-commerce, Amazon, or if it's like, commercial like logistics whatever for wholesale or whatever the majority about 90 percent of all the shipments around the world are going by sea so it's the same story in 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 this case as well okay yeah it does make sense i think i know there's some extreme cases of air we 
I have a few of my own brands and we have jewelry that's kind of high value, low weight. So we still airship it because to ocean that, you know, is it's the time and the cost. You'd have to send a lot of it and we don't need that much because it's really small. So, you know, so there are some categories of products you'd, you'd, might not never never need ocean but i think most common products should probably maybe at the beginning do air but once you're big enough you want to move to ocean and like yeah i have no experience in india but i heard the same like going to new york is which sounds kind of nice to me because west coast la you know west coast us la is so it's gotten better but we were getting all our butts kicked, especially during COVID and everything was just ripping, ripping us. You know, it was really painful. Yeah. <laughs> it was really yeah, painful. Yeah, yeah. No, no, the uh, congestion, yeah. The congestion in the beach port during the COVID was, I think it was like never seen before story, but apparently these days you'll be shocked. There is, there was a big issue in the canal, in the Panama Canal. And now there is like, we have containers that sit in New York waiting for exam, right? They've got an exam notice. They're waiting for exam for more than three weeks, just waiting line to the exam. So now it, it flip, right? Now New York is worse than Los Angeles, but you can never know what's going to be the next, next yeah, step. Yeah, you just can't. You can't. All right. Well, this is insightful. Thanks for these insights. Go. Cool. You know, I don't know, maybe, I, again, I hope I make these questions best I can. And so, like, it's kind of like logistics cost as a percentage of COGS, you know, like, is is the shipping more in India because of, or in Vietnam more generally than in China, from China because of, like you said, efficiency or or, or maybe turnover enough to make it, like, because maybe it's cheaper to make in Vietnam. Maybe let's say it's just an example widget product, but is the is the cost of shipping significantly more, or is it not? Is it really a factor in your math formula? Like if you get a FOB price, I don't know if it makes sense. Like, is it significantly more to do the same kind of shipping from, like, say, India or Vietnam as China of the same product? Right, so that's a good question. Uh, I would say that first of all, like I'm putting now DDP or what does it mean DDP or why in China you can do DDP and from India you cannot do DDP, but put DDP outside of the factor now, right? When you're talking about logistics cost, you have to remember that there is two factors. One is the freight cost and the second is the duty, right? That you have to pay. Yeah. So in my opinion, this is the biggest advantage sourcing and manufacturing different countries than China is that I'm sure you're aware of the trade war between China to USA and the amount of products that have additional duty, some of them 7.5% additional, some of them 25% additional. So The main point is that when you're sourcing the same product with the same exact HTS code, right, from India, for example, let's say from China, it has general 5% duty plus 25%. So it's overall 30% duty, right? Just the duty. From India, you will source the same exact product, same exact HTS code, 
it will have just 5% duty, right? Wow. So if your invoice value is 15, 15K, right? And you have to pay 5% duty from India. So it's $750 the duty, or instead you have to pay 30% from China, which is $4,500, right? Yeah. So you have to factor this inside your ocean freight cost. So yeah. to come back to your original question, the ocean freight from China normally would be lower compared to gold from India, okay? Because again, the route or the time that the yeah, vessel basically on water is significantly lower, right? Or the ship go faster from China to USA, but the overall cost combined the freight cost and the duty in many, many cases can be much lower eventually from India compared to compared to China. So as a seller, you have to talk first with your freight forwarder, ask what's going to be the HTS code we're going to declare the product, right? Then compare your ocean freight or air freight cost, right? between China and let's say a potential shipper or manufacturer in India or in Vietnam, and then compare the overall cost of the freight and the duty. Then you can get a reasonable decision, right? If the cost is lower or higher. Yeah. But in terms of freight cost only, most likely going from India and, and from Vietnam will be higher cost than China, but the overall rate, it's, it's a different story. But there's another element, I would say, right? The, the amount of ships going is probably less as well, or is the volume about the same? I'm sure China has one so many every day, right? Like, I mean, not every day, but probably the so, frequency is higher as well yeah. from China. Because I've noticed that in Thailand, like, there's just less container ships leaving. So for sure, for sure you know, as much com competition you have, right? The better cost you're going to have. So... Or the shipping line, right? And I think the two biggest port of the world is Ningbo and Shanghai, right? So for two, relevancy, the cost from this destination will be lower compared to India. But again, don't forget that the Chinese population is and the Indian population is almost the same, right? Is let's say 1.5 billion. Per country yes and Navasheva, which is the main it's crazy right just to give a comparison in israel we are 10 million okay so yeah but the 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 main port in in india Navasheva, which is in mumbai again I'm, I'm not sure how many vessels enter into each port but i don't think it's much lower compared to ningbo right it's a huge huge operation in a huge port and there is a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of traffic going from India outside of India and inside to India, right? Import goods. So uh, in that sense, I don't think there is a big difference, but I think just in terms of like in China, there is a lot more freight forwarding companies specialized specific in FBA shipments, right? Which is in India, it's more related still to wholesale and to like general you know traditional import and export process mm. compared to what's going on from from china i think that's that's a key element compared to between countries okay i don't know if i don't know if i maybe you don't have to disclose clients names or or if we can talk about some case studies about like 
either types of products or or good examples or maybe or maybe bad bad stories that we can learn from is there some case studies about you know shipping from maybe i don't know if anybody you work with has changed from china to india or vietnam and the process or the experience or or i don't know if there's some insights you can share with us of any of those kind of elements so i don't want to talk about products in general because it's not my let's say cup of tea or expertise right but i can say that in terms of case study like from india again the efficiency is lower right so normally clients most of most of manufacturers in china are close to the to the main ports right which is shanghai ningbo or shenzhen okay so the domestic domestic time that it's taking going from a shipper to the port can be a day or two day max right but and and the and and the infrastructure in china these days right let's say the last 20 years are much much better and greater than what's going on in india so to give just a perspective we have some clients that ship from from india it's take just five days the domestic going by train from a shipper to the port right so the whole process of export from india can be longer right so the efficiency is lower the time it's taking going from the shipper to the port from the port loading into the container going out from india this whole process normally from india is taking longer time the communication with the indian so if you are a seller you are you you have daily conversation or daily call with your Chinese supplier. So normally the Chinese supplier will not say no to you directly. Okay. But he understand, he understand what an FBA seller are looking for. He understand the process. He have good communication with the freight forwarder, right? In India, it's a different culture, right? The mentality is totally different. The people are different. So you have to take all this factor in and eventually a seller doesn't want to be out of stock. So planning the right way is the best thing in order to avoid any crisis, right? So you always have, like I have, I have a motto in life in terms of business, right? <laughs> I love to be pessimistic yeah. than optimistic, meaning I don't want to say to somebody, listen, no worries, it will take 30 days. Don't worry, it will be on time. No. In logistics, you always have to be pessimistic and plan ahead and take some time as a gap, right? To avoid any mishap or any delays. So the first thing I would say to people that manufacture in India or on on Vietnam is first of all understanding the culture of the people, right? Understanding that the efficiency, they are not like super fast and they are not efficient as the Chinese popular in terms of production in terms of efficiency in general take this into your consideration remember transit time in general is longer compared to going from China take all these factors in and try to calculate it in when you need to start production and when you need to ship the goods out otherwise most likely eventually you're going to stay out of stock and and that's something we want to avoid as mm-hmm. a freight folder and mainly as a seller. Yeah. 
I get it. I, I mean, I can feel it in our interview. Yeah, you're very, which I think is, I appreciate you realistic, right? Or, pes- you know, pessimistic or realistic, you know, which is unique because a lot of people, you know, in the industry, yeah, don't, don't say it as straight as you do. So I appreciate, I appreciate this. It's really helpful. Yeah. And I just generally feel you're not, I'm not, you know, you're making me not as excited about India as yeah. it seems. From our talk, just generally. No, no, no. You should be. You should be. You should be. You should be excited. Again, the opportunity is 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 huge over there. The type of products you can source and manufacture are different than India. And again, not everyone wants to make like a generic private label products, right? Like India, a lot of uh, craft art and crafts product, a lot of different products to source. So, so you know sometimes i'm doing podcasts by the way as well so in, in okay. we we interviewing a lot of sellers right yeah normally a man seller will like he will choose product based on like calculation formula okay i check on helium 10 or other software whatever it can go normally a woman will have to have some kind of related to the product right before she's going in so in some cases india can be a better fit especially if you think like if you are a woman and think like a woman so it's all depends i know also by the way men that manufacture and sourcing in india and in vietnam but again depend on the product depend which product are you going so China can be a good fit, but India, Vietnam, and other countries can be a great fit as well. Yeah, I like that. I do feel like I'm a little bit more feminine in my style and what you say. Like, I, I like to have a relationship with the product, whereas I call it some of my I, I, some of my talks, I call it the, the artist versus the garbage man. The garbage man doesn't care yeah. what they sell. They just look at the data, and if it sells, they just, it doesn't matter what the really the product is, they just sell it where the artist is more emotional and wants to have a relationship, like you said, and a feeling with the product and the category. But I also say Chinese sellers especially are more, you know, the garbage garbage men or they don't have that connection with the product as much. Yeah. By, generally. The, by yeah. the way, that's that's I think that's significant, Mike. So so I interrupt you. So yeah, go ahead, I please. think that's significant. I think that's significant in terms of like in India. Like in China, I'm sure you are aware and all the sellers that are listening to this podcast are aware that the Chinese manufacturer basically stealing the right the product and then trying to sell it on Amazon. You will not find it in India. So the, I, I, I never heard about Indian manufacturer storing the, the, prototype, the prototype of the product and try to sell it on Amazon. I never heard such stories. And I think this is a big advantage in that regard. So... Mm-hmm. You know you manufacture a product, you get the product you know secured, and 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 you will not find like the same aggressive competition that you will find from the same basically suppliers that you are manufacture the product. So I think this is a, a big advantage as well. Yeah, I I I feel similar. I, I agree. You know, I also say. I- does Amazon have an office in India? Because <laughs> Amazon themselves is trying to get the factories in China to sell on, on Amazon, right? So I don't know. Maybe they're recruiting in India now. 
So maybe it'll change. <laughs> but for now, I agree with that. You know, we'll see in the future. <laughs> maybe it'll be India sellers <laughs> recruited soon. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but I do agree. Maybe yes, maybe not. But again, I think it's related to the to the culture and the business side of people that are doing business. I think the Chinese are like they see opportunity and they go for that direction. I think the Indian people are just this is the feeling I have. They know like let's say they are good in like production, so they will remain under production line. They will not go into different directions, right? So they try to specialize in what they know and what they best in. And and I think this is again it's a cultural thing between the Chinese to the Indian people. But again, it's not just the Indian or the just the Chinese. As you said, there is a lot of like manufacturing in Vietnam, also in Japan as well. Again, the, the Japanese people are 100%, 180% from the Chinese, from the Vietnamese, from the Indian people. It's not easy. It's not easy to make business with the Japanese people. But one thing you can say about them, that if you manage to make business with them, you have a guarantee trust for years to come. Because because if if you give the respect to them, they will respect you like no other. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I don't have too much experience in Japan, but I would agree with that. We all we also have our friend Gary Huang. He's doing an event there in April, the seven figure seller Japan mastermind. And then Magla has an India sourcing trip in February in India. So I'm I'm gonna go to India for my first time with her trip this February. And I'll probably go back to Japan. I was there first time last April for his event, but but yeah, I mean, yeah, Japan is feeling like like that, right? It's hard to get in once you're in your your family, you're in the inner circle of trust or whatever. Yeah, they yeah yeah. This is great. The, the Indian sourcing trip will be like I'm not sure if you've been in India before. Never been. But you're gonna get a, a culture shock for sure in India. Really? But yeah, but you know, a lot of Israeli like a lot of Israel is going after like our mandatory military service to big trip around the world. The one of the let's say the th- three biggest destinations are South America, Australia and New Zealand and India. So really? the amount of Israeli people going to like a long trip in India is crazy. Really? Wow. And it's Simply a different place than than all the rest of the world, negatively and positively, by the way. So you're going to get for sure some kind of culture shock. But from what I heard from people being in Megla sourcing trip, it's like no other. So you're yeah, going to have for sure a great experience. Yeah, I'm excited to join her for the first time. She also came to the summit we just had here and, and, uh, and it was great. So I, I've been meaning to go, but... I don't know. I mean, I survived China like 12 years. So I, I, I don't know. I guess maybe India is different than China. But yeah, I'm excited. I'll, I'll do a video for sure when I'm there and uh, and uh, keep you all posted. Well, this has been cool. I think let's also talk a bit about ProBox. You know, how does how does your service work? And, and how do people, you know, get started with your with with what you do? Right. So ProBox basically provides, as we discussed, logistic services for Amazon sellers. Doesn't matter. If you want, if you are sourcing from China, from Vietnam, from India, as long as it's FBA related and Amazon or e-commerce related, 
we can provide you with logistics solution. Basically, Powerbox was born because I had a different brand name like a year ago that we work under for like five years. So I'm in the logistics field about 20 years. Well, five years ago, we started like a niche in the company doing uh, logistics for Amazon. Okay. And then what happened, we're working also with a few of like American aggregators on the space and those like aggregators that have like, I don't know, dozens, if not hundreds of SKUs, right? So they said to me, listen, I mean, it's simply crazy to work with back and forth email, ask where is my shipment, what's going on, send you the shipper details again and again and again, find a solution for us. So I, for a long time, thought that like, okay, the logistics field is very, very like old fashioned, right? Still working with email, still everything is like old fashioned. But contrary to the seller itself, which are working under Amazon platform, which is maybe the highest high tech like platform available. So there was like a big problem in that sense. And when this aggregator approached me and said, listen, find the platform. So what we try, basically we build a platform that should be like, give more accessible and make the, all the, basically all the process starting from quotation to shipments, to shipment status, where is your shipment, everything much more available and much, much more accessible. So we're trying to provide basically high-tech solution for low-tech field with a human touch. And why I'm special, like emphasize the human touch, because you know, like everything in life, you have people that like it and dislike it, right? Some people will say, listen, I, I, I custom to work with the email. That's how I operate. Don't make me work harder or whatever. So... I understand the people, right? <laughs> I understand the yeah. people and I have to relate to what they said. So we like, if you don't want to work under the platform, a Probox staff member will insert all the data on your behalf. We have real people here. It's not like a boot that's sending you messages, right? We have like real people here. Each client have like a special account manager and we focus strongly on customer service and customer care. Right. We've like tried to be like a tech solution in the field. So that's about Probox. We are, I think we have quite good reputation in the field. Uh, like every logistics company, we have like ups and downs. We have some like major things that happen to us and to client shipments. But again, it's going to happen regardless if you work with Probox or with different company. The main question is if you have somebody that is care about your treatments and eventually will find a solution to what happened. So that's, in my opinion, the biggest thing you need to look when you're discussing about a new freight folder. It's not just the cost. It's about the human behind the cost. No, I, I agree with that. And like you said, yeah, I mean, e-commerce by definition is the kind of the marriage of, you know, internet marketing and physical, you know, physical products and shipping and logistics, right? And it's really hard, you know, sellers, I think usually were better on the marketing side than the logistics generally. But yeah, I mean, you you have to have, it's part of your product, right? I, I, 
your shipping and your delivery is part of your product and your supply chain. And yeah, like you said, we talk about out of stock and some delays and yeah, yeah, the you have to have a yeah you have to it has to be you have to be as a seller you have to have the right so you know you have to you have to get good at it you have to have somebody that you trust that and gets you through those times so it's really really great to hear you're doing well and to making this technology solution as well with the service so it's exciting and uh, yeah we'll link up on the show notes as well what's your the podcast too we could we could mention that if people want to find it. So the podcast basically is in Hebrew, but we're also like uh, interviewing like, like foreigner, yeah, foreigner sellers oh, all cool. around the world. It's calling, it's calling uh, Amazon Talk or Talking Amazon, depend like it's in Hebrew again, so it depends how you translate it. Got it. Uh, just, to, just to explain about it, so I have like a colleague of mine, he's an Amazon seller. Like I think three years ago, we said to ourselves, hey, uh, like nobody here, like Nobody in the industry wants to share their story. Yeah, how they become Amazon seller, success story, also failure stories. So we are focusing only on interviewing like Amazon sellers, right? Only like we're interviewing Amazon sellers. I think one time we bought like a service provider, which is also an Amazon seller, but we are focusing on Amazon sellers, sharing their stories, success stories, failure stories how they become Amazon seller, what they did before. And uh, yeah, that's that's about the podcast. Awesome. So you can find it in, in Shopify, in Shopify, in Spotify, or all the podcast platform under Amazon Talk, I think, in English. Okay, yeah. exciting. All right, Amit, thank you so much. It is, and it was a really pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks for making it. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you to our sponsor, our returning sponsor, Mercury.com, online bank. Well, it's a real bank, but you can do it totally online for U.S. Our Blimp program participants are going through this as well. Thank you, Mercury. Travis is great there. He's been on our show. He's been in our events. We're going to have another event where we will have them attending as well. And if you want to get a little bonus for you and us, if you sign up and do some special circumstances you can go to globalfamasia.com slash mercury i also have a video tutorial that we use even for the blimp people I use the same exact video to learn how to use it i hope you can check it out totally free why not see you there all right motorcycle arriving and the second session it's like a lunch here on friday and mid-december in chiang mai thailand and the kids are enjoying the school here you know i came to chiang mai primarily for the education system. A few of my friends even go to the same school with their kids. So it's like a little groups of families talking and discussing business and life. And I think they get a very unique environment here. It's happening right inside there about, you know, different cultures, different lifestyles. There's of course Chinese, there's Western, there's Thai, a lot of of course mixed kids. Some of the parents are actually teachers themselves or participate. Somebody behind me right now does like a hiking class with the kids where it's not just about hiking, but it's about mindset. It's about overcoming obstacles. And so maybe you're tired, maybe you don't want to hike anymore, but you encourages the kids to keep, keep on pushing, you know? And, you know, these my kids are in third and fourth grade. So, you know, I don't remember that in my third, fourth grade in Connecticut, USA. You know, I had some crazy times in my school, but it was, this is a much smaller school. It's a, it's a co-op, homeschool kind of co-op with parents and teachers, about 15 kids max in each class. 
So it's a much different environment than my own ed education where I was jammed, I think 30, 30 kids at least. Yeah, I remember full classes when I was in school. Anyway, I feel this is, you know, I did this, I chose here for the schools for my kids, for the environment. Of course, there is the burning season already starting, which really, really sucks. It's one of the biggest letdowns in Chiang Mai, Thailand, is this burning season where they burn, the farmers burn the crops up in the mountains and it comes down into here, into the valley of Chiang Mai. Most people leave for it. We'll probably even leave for it again this year, maybe go to South Thailand. But anyway, thanks for watching. I hope this was an interesting episode, some education, a little bit of my insights at the end of life here. And I'm gonna go back into the kids' drama class after lunch, our lunch break. We're gonna go see what they've been working on this last semester. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. To get more info about running an international business, please visit our website at www.globalfromasia.com. That's www.globalfromasia.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to our iTunes feed. Thanks for tuning in.